Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Mitch Michael, Santa Monica Studios, late night Wednesday. As we record this, we're time stamping it because the Australian Open is in full effect. 2024 edition, couple days in, a lot of drama, a lot of excitement. Two podcasts each week, that's how you know it's a big deal. And bringing back my expert, Barstool Sports' Barstool Hubs, Eric Hubs on the show uh, third time on the show, but this is the first time we've actually done it during a major, so we'll just let the takes and observations fly, but excited to talk tennis with you again. Yeah, uh, listen, you're in California, so it's it's 6 o'clock right now. It's 9 for me, that, and that's fine now, but once it's like 2, 3 in the morning, you have it so easy at that point where it's like, I have to decide if I want to ruin my next day at that point. Is this match good enough right now to ruin tomorrow? That's That's what I have to decide every night. It's a little easier tonight because my fiance, who's a night nurse, is not here. So I've got the whole apartment to myself. I can make as much noise as I want. I can have the TV loud oh, and free. Yeah. But like some other nights, not so much. She's got to sleep all this. So, you know, I'm in a conundrum here. I love this tournament so much because I am a night owl at heart. I am a, you know, I I, I just don't sleep. I, I didn't even know melatonin was a thing until two years ago. So like I had no, now I do. So I can knock out of any time I want. But I used to just be up, yeah. like at all. It would just be. I'm just going to watch the Australian Open because I have nothing else to do right now. So um, no, but this this is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Obviously, it's a Grand Slam, uh, the first Slam of the year after the month break that they get, which should <laughs> definitely be longer, and that is definitely a discussion that mm-hmm. is ongoing. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. I'm fired up. Yeah, I was going to ask you too, just as an aside to that. And I used to, you know, I was East in Central Time Zone. Are you at a point where you're maybe? getting up early to see maybe if a match is still going on. Cause I do remember one year, I think it was, and I've told this before, but Stan beat Djokovic the year he won his first, his only Australian open. And I was in the central time zone. I woke up at like seven, six thirty AM seven central time. And I'm like, this match is still going on. So there are times I think well, when you're on that time zone where you might get up a little early. The match that I remember of recent memory is, um, when who was it? Who beat Nadal Medvedev? Nadal? Yeah. Nadal Medvedev. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's where I stayed up, and and like yeah. to see everyone I follow on Twitter wake up. I think it was a weekend or something. It was a championship, of course yeah. it was. Yeah, it was the weekend. Yeah, um, to see them all wake up and be and then start like you know what is this match still going on? Like they don't even watch tennis and they're watching. I'm like yo, I've been here for six hours. Like Medvedev had this in the bag two hours mm-hmm. ago, and we're still we're still going here. Um, but yeah, no, that happened the other day. Um, what was the long match? Uh, Felix I, team. Was it that one? Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. I think I live bet uh, team lost that. So just woke up and immediately lost money. That was fun. Um, there was a few other ones. Yeah, there, there's, there was one day for whatever reason. Maybe, oh, it was there was like a million five setters in one day. Right? Yeah. So that's what pushed everything. But yeah, those are fun wake-ups. When you're just like, how is this possibly oh. still going on? That happened last year, Murray and Kakanakis. I woke yeah. up at like early on the West Coast and it was still going on. So I mm-hmm. can only imagine. 
Um, and I do think I want to say for the formal introductions, you've kind of been the one to introduce your cohorts and your friends to tennis. It just seems like every year you got to go to the U.S. Open, the group, and it's got to be the hubs group. It keeps getting bigger and you keep introducing more people to the sport. I love it. And I've yet to find someone that has like really bought in to like, okay, let's like, let's follow this a little bit. And they're, they just are hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say I did that to Dave Portnoy. Uh, he kind of found his way in with Sabalenka, obviously, and, you know, and, and his gambling, uh, you know, habits. But um, yeah, no, uh, like I, I took uh, fights and Nate uh, two years ago and we happened to see the best match of the whole tournament uh, with Carlos and Sinner just going nuclear uh, and they were, if you didn't, you don't even have to like tennis at all. And mm-hmm. you would have enjoyed that. So, uh, that was kind of like cheating. Like I was like playing with steroids a little bit there, but yeah, uh, I, I slowly, but surely get more and more people in every single year and it's beautiful to see. And honestly, you don't have to like, t- like just go to the U S open on the Friday of Labor Day weekend. You will have a blast It is my favorite day of the year. Like, like yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Hands down favorite day of the year. I never have a bad time. I, uh, I'd say the same thing, like just get someone who's not sure about tennis to the actual sporting event live and they will probably be hooked. This year's Aussie Open, a lot to discuss. I guess we can start at the top down. You know, Novak Djokovic hasn't looked crisp as his normal standards, has lost a set in each of his first two matches. Was up against against Popper, who could have won the third set and gone up 2-1, but you know, there's there's talk of whether Hubs he's battling an illness, which he said he's felt a little sore, all this stuff. But again, I come back to... You know, they poked the bear last night. And uh, if you're an Aussie fan and you've got your guy and you're rooting for him, I just don't know why history has taught us you're going to poke the bear and we see what happens. He just raises his level and smothers you. It's genuinely like these people have never seen this happen. Like we said, the last time I came on, this, yeah. the, he, there was something, you know, he, this happens all the time. <laughs> these people don't learn. No one no, learns. No. You're better off cheering for him if you want him to lose. Like you just are. I've now reached the point where either two things are at play because these people can't be that stupid. And I know it was an Aussie play. So they want to get behind their boy. Of course he was playing well mm-hmm. for two sets. I was like, Whoa. And then obviously he almost, you know, he had him on the ropes a little yeah. bit of ropes up yeah. in quotes. Cause it was not like mm-hmm. you know, to win the match, but two things are at play. Either one, there's Djokovic fans in the crowd who are smarter than everyone else who know, Oh, they can see when he's flat. Let's cheer him on. Oh, the plan. Let, I'm sorry. Let's let's egg on him. Yeah, yeah. And we know we're you know we'll take the bullet, and then he's gonna come back, and that's our boy, and we're gonna basically will him the victory in our weird way. Or two, his team is not telling him they're doing this, or they're planting people in the crowd <laughs> to do this. And then afterwards, like they they get a little hat tip, and they're part. Of, they get a little money. Novak doesn't know these people exist, but they instigate him to get him to go. It, it has to be one of those two things at this point because it's so automatic. It's so obvious. The moment you get under that guy's skin, he turns into a cyborg. He can go from – he was completely not in that match. And the moment that happened, he, he compl- like obliterated that, uh, Popper in that set. It just happens like clockwork. As long as people hate that guy, like there's not one athlete that I can think of. And there's a ton that do this, but he does it the best. There's not one athlete mm-hmm. in the world who – um, uses weaponizes hate to their advantage, like Novak Djokovic does. No one, yeah. like as long as people hate that guy in the crowd and want him to lose as much as they do for the last twenty years or whatever, fifteen years, he will win slams. That's when he retires. Is when people start to like him too much. <laughs> the greats find a way to get their motivation. His is, as you said, as you put it perfectly, 
he tries to weaponize hate and he doesn't. And look, I think he is well liked, and I think a lot of the fans in that match loved it. So I'm I'm with you with maybe there is a conspiracy theory there. And I get getting behind your guy, and we all know a line that may or may not should be crossed. But at the end of the day, Popper used the crowd to his advantage, played well. Djokovic is at a point now where he's handled business. It hasn't been as crisp as he'd liked. He has Echeverry next, then maybe a showdown with Ben Shelton. So I think we're in the same boat, right? We're going to expect him to raise his level and master this two-week process. But the only caution I would say, Hubs, is this is an aging athlete. As great as he's looked, eventually, right, there will be a cliff. So where that is, who knows? It could be round four. It could be the final. It could be three years from now. I'm not doubting him until he says goodbye. And then I'm not doubting it even then until he's gone for a year because I could see him just being like, I can still beat these guys. (laughs) He's watching on TV. But um, sure, yeah, at some point, father time hits. He keeps track of his, he keeps, you know, his body, like a temple. Like he he is going to preserve himself the best possible way. Sure, he's wiping his nose. He's got a cold. That ain't getting, he, I don't care about Novak Djokovic's cold. Like Mm -hmm. he, He's fine. Like, that's not going to derail his chances of winning the Aussie Open. Yeah, the wrist thing, that could be an issue. With, you know, that, that's a little ongoing situation here. I'll say this, and we, I'm sure we're going to get to him, but the way that Demon Hour beat him, the way that Demon looked against him at the United Cup was a little bit of a whoa. And I didn't know how to take it as more of this is Novak really just going through the motions here of warming up for the Aussie, or has Demon really turned a corner here? Because he looks I think awesome. he has. Like, he's there's something going on there. There's You can see, and also a mental, you know, not necessarily that Novak has owned him. Like, I think they barely, that was maybe their third career head-to-head or, or second or whatever, but Demon struggles in these big matches against big people. He always crumbles. To get that mental block, like, that's not there anymore. Like you you can now go back in a moment when you're in a slam or a 1,000 and he's in trouble or he's, you know, neck and neck with a, with a big player. He can now dial back mm-hmm. to that United Cup moment of, like, I've beaten Novak Djokovic in straight sets with the crowd going nuts and the people caring. So, like, that's big for – I don't know. I think I'm taking more of that side than yeah. Novak, you know, just, like, out of sorts or whatever. He's probably – doesn't care a whole lot about the United Cup. But um, but Echeverry, he'll blow out. Um, and then Shelton will be fun. And, you know, the, the media is trying to really, you know, bring back this U.S. Open controversy that Ben Shelton, to his credit, wants nothing to do with. Uh-huh. Um, and I haven't really heard of his dad since the U.S. Open, which is a good thing because I think his dad was getting a little too much. I'm sure he would, on the side, agree agree with that. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, Ben doesn't want any part of this. Like He's just like, yo, we're at the Aussie Open. What are we doing? Yeah. That was last year. That was last fall. So um, I think the whole, you know, that would be the first real, like, popcorn mm-hmm. match, um, like true popcorn match. I guess there's Korda Rublev. Oh, I would that. maybe tonight's match though. But as we record this, because I don't know, it's it's a level down. But Draper and Tommy Paul is what I would consider yeah, a pretty good popcorn for sure. match. That, but, that's more for us, I feel uh, like, than like. Well, but like people will see Shelton Djokovic. Yeah. Like, okay. I, here we go. I think Demon Hour from that side, it's it's fascinating too. It's also what you do. There's the letdown spot. We talked about it with just the other day here at with women's tennis, right? Garcia beats Osaka, emotional match, loses her next match. Demon Hour keeping it going, playing Arnaldi yesterday, who is a tricky opponent, losing six games. Demon Hour has been trying to get to that top 10 level. He finally cracked it. He has a lot of, you know, he's one of the fastest players on tour, and you think that maybe, you know, players do lose matches in Djokovic's sense. Like, there's no perfect season in tennis. So I'll give credit, as Djokovic did, to the player in Demon Hour. The Shelton side was interesting, too, because he played in Aussie yesterday, Hubs, and in that match, he had to raise his level. He had to find... And I don't even want to say it this way, but it's the only way I could think, like find his emotions. He was a little low in that match early, 
O'Connell started O'Connell started playing pretty well, and then suddenly he had to. He had no other choice to raise his emotions. So I wonder with Shelton, you know the focus is going to be there when he plays the best, if this is a pattern to watch, making sure he's emotionally invested in these matches against the quote-unquote lower-ranked lesser opponents. Yeah, and I mean, that was the issue last year in non-slams, right? He, yeah. was, he was miserable in the summer. Like, his, that U.S. Open run seemingly came out of nowhere with the results he was showing at all these lower events because he couldn't kind of get up for it and keep that consistency going does seem like he's turning he's turned a corner in that sense and mm-hmm. he's he's like he he looked very good i felt like in the warm-ups to to the aussie so yeah no uh that's always i feel like that's that's across all sports though is the letdown game yeah. you know like just not taking your opponent too seriously and just you know the catching off guard and be and and you know the guy who's really in pentacles of that is Djokovic because he'll just realize, oh, I'm a set away from losing. I'll try now. Well, okay, we were no spoiled problem. by the big three, right? Because those guys, and even Murray, too, to his credit, yeah. like they just got to every quarterfinal. So it's not normally like that. That also said, there's not a, a quote-unquote guarantee that he's going to get there, too, because Manorino is a tricky opponent. I just want to circle that one because that's a 36-year-old now who's ranked higher than he's ever been in his life. And that is one where Shelton will have to be invested and engaged in i think he should hit up his uh his friend chris eubanks because he was the one guy that figured him out last year so i would just say manorino is one that's not going to give he keeps his racket strung so low he doesn't give you any power back and it's just a slog would be the way i would describe it playing he is the most frustrating (laughs) i think athlete in all sports manorino like when you're when you're betting when you have a bet against him it's so you have no idea what's happening you're just like why haven't we won all these points because he this guy's this guy he is an art i think he's like when uh, I first got one of my really good buddies into tennis. We called him the broken arm man because he just plays like he he holds everything like he mm-hmm. has broken. He does have, I think, a long term arm injury that he get. That's why he kind of plays like he does. It has some sort of effect. Anyways, he's played great over the last like 12, 16, whatever it is, sixteen months. Yeah, uh, that is going to be tricky. I do like that the gambling line for him was like minus two fifty. I think Sheldon. I think that's a respectful line. I, I was worried it was going to be a little lower. I think. He, I think he'll be able to handle himself there. Um, now, obviously, it is a look ahead for That's sure. That's it. Yeah. You have Novak. You have Novak. That is always dangerous in every sport. Yeah, I hope Ben gets through. It would be a real shame. I, no one wants to see Novak Djokovic <laughs> against Manorino. Like, come on. Sorry. Don't you also think it's crazy we live in a world six months ago, even if we would ask this question? We live in a world where last night the feature match with other Americans playing was Ben Shelton. Like, Fritz is playing. No disrespect to him. High ranked. Tiafo's going. Didn't work out for him, but it's Ben Shelton on TV. And we all were like, yeah, no brainer, but that's just the star power and the ascent that he's had. Yeah. I, I think it has to do with his youth. Um, it has to do with the, the high, the high uh, mile power to serve the flashiness um, and, and more of like the, the potential. I think everyone sees the potential here. Like we've seen everyone for a little bit here, all the Americans, you know, and they've kind of had their moment. They still do. Of course, like Corda Fritz, like absolutely. Yeah. But the the meteoric rise of, of Ben Shelton is is notable, and you know ESPN is gobbling it up, and they want you, you know, people want to see Ben Shelton. He's the highlight reel, like he's the guy that, obviously not to the level of like Carlos Alcaraz, but like he's going to make some, he's going to have some points, some winners that are going to be I, you know, jaw dropping yeah. that you want to see. So yeah, to their credit, they get it. That is crazy though, of course. Like he's this is, you know, we're two years <laughs> into this, a year into this. So yeah, yeah credit to him for figuring everything out and you know you almost look at his ranking too and it's like how did he get this high this quickly winning you know going deep in the u.s open certainly helped 
Yeah, the consistency will get there, but we know the ceiling. It's a big, you know, it's a big ceiling talk with him. Fritz has been the most consistent, but we see what happens every time he plays Djokovic. It hasn't gone his way. You think maybe Shelton could crack that. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for Tiafo. I just want to say last night, though, watched most of that match. Uh, Matchock, or Matchock, however you pronounce his name, unreal player. Like, unreal match, at least. I'm excited to see where it goes for him because the kid's like 21, just kind of got to the main draw level and was playing yep. some old-school 80s-style tennis. Unfortunately for Tiafo, though, Hubs, it's another early-round exit in a slam and another setback for a player who has big goals in mind and unfortunately not able to hit them. Yeah, he unfortunately seems like, you know, that, that deep U.S. Open run he had is kind of it. I, I don't really know how much confidence they put in him at slams these days. Um, in New, in New York, well, in New York, I mean, he made the quarters last year, didn't go well in that match against, against no. uh, Shelton. But, okay, I, I'm willing to put New York on an island. The other three, yeah. though, yeah, it hasn't. And I, I'm looking at the last, you know, last year's Grand Slams, it was the Hatchinoff match in Australia where he blew all those tiebreaker points and lost. Zverev at the French Open, a winnable match. Dimitrov, I think Francis would tell you, was his worst match of the year over two days against Wimbledon and then the Shelton match at the U.S. Open. So something is not clicking and it is a testament to your opponent, but there are still those dips that are coming back in, you know, five, 10 minutes of uneven play at this level, you know, I mean, you can't give an opening to even the 70th ranked player in the world. No, no. And yeah, I, 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 I did actually bet McCock. I, yeah. I did bet Thomas. I, I, I had, I thought, I thought the line was really good. Um, in, in the sense of that, it was not very high for Tiafo. Like there no. were, there were red flags all over that match. Didn't expect it to go like that that way. Like he he showed nothing. So um, he was flat the whole way. Yeah, and credit to 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 Tom. Like Thomas was flying. He was awesome. Uh, so yeah, they're very young, uh, talented guy that definitely could feel like his ranking doesn't justify like what he's no. cooking right now. So good for him. Um, but yeah, guys like Corda, who's like seems like hopefully fully back from the injury at this point. You would you would hope um, when he's playing with confidence. I have him over yeah. Tiafo, no, no doubt. Um, he seems to – he's just got to figure out the mental side. Once he masters the mental side, once you know, it may take a few more years, but closing matches is, is probably Corda's biggest issue at this point. Like Everything else is mm -hmm. there. Um, Tommy Paul is kind of the consistency that you don't see from Tiafo. You know, I, I feel like it, it slams. Like, Tommy's making run. Like, Tommy's getting there now. Tommy's pull, like stacking – pretty solid deep runs in these in these slams which is great to see we'll see what happens to draper tonight that will be obviously you know you're you'll, you when you're hearing this you know what happened <laughs> yeah. unless the rain never stops <laughs> but, yeah um yeah no that is a very interesting match for tommy i'm i'm very much rooting for him were you draper man and we, we talked about him just puking after beating marcos Garone. I, I like both these guys so i'm just hoping for a good match i think both these guys draper has a ceiling but his body had been letting him down it was good to see him win a fifth set but yeah. Just yakking right away uh, after. I didn't actually ask you, though, U.S. Open, speaking of Tommy Paul, you know, that thing with the fan, having his lucky fan on the outer court, will him in, kind of showed you, you know, showed you the growth and maturity and just how he's handling his ascent pretty well. But it was cool to see him hook up that little kid fan on the outside court that rallied and wooled him on. He knows how to play <laughs> to the masses, I'll say that. Like, that's a quick way to get everybody on your side, you know, yeah. having him courtside, you know, I need him at the next match and all that, giving him those tickets. Sick. I think even the kid at one point was getting better tickets than what Tommy was offering him. So yeah, good for good for that. Hopefully he's back. Uh, yeah. You know, later later this summer. But um, no, Tommy gets it, man. Tommy's cool. I think people really like his style and how how calm and collected he is. He's never he's the epitome 
of never gets too high, never gets too low, yeah. which is such a good way for an athlete, um, you know, a, a high level athlete to to be at. Like, and you know, that guy's demeanor, that guy is breathing. His heart is always just the same, same level. Good for him. Um, and yeah, he's getting better. The, the confidence coming to the net more. Like to see it. I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope he takes it to Draper tonight. Sorry, Jack. But yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 and I like his. Mm-hmm. I like his chances tonight. I really do. I think the way, the easiest way possible, Tommy could have won. I feel like besides like a walkover, like mm-hmm. he completely cooked, and the complete opposite for Jack, who obviously has the fitness issues. Good mentally, I think for him to get through that match. And get through it, I guess, is in quotations because he puked his brain. You know, he could barely <laughs> even shake hands before throwing up. Um, mm-hmm. And he's so talented. I think in, at some point he's going to master that and figure yep. it out. It's going to take like two or three years. Now we're not there yet. Yep. Um, but hopefully Tommy's getting him at the right time. I think he's 0-2 head-to-head. He just lost to him, what, 10 days ago, last week, whatever it was. Uh, should be a good match. Hopefully a popcorn match, first, first yeah. real one. And it's not too late as long as the rain <laughs> stopped. I haven't seen if it's stopped still, yet. But. Yeah, still got some suspended graphics on my screen, okay. uh, unfortunately. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, more with Barstool Hubs here on Tennis Channel Insight and talking 2024 U.S. Open. Want to bounce around to the women right now because you said lines that, you know, the one player, the one line didn't make a lot of sense, had to jump on it because it was too low, too uneven. There was nothing more true to that statement than the Andreva Jabor line yesterday. Oh, I saw it in the morning, yeah. and I saw Andreva as the favorite. We can put two and two together and see. Usually the odds makers know something. But Mira Andreva, my goodness, like what she did, what she's doing at this age, how she's getting better. I'll put it this way, Hubs, and I'll let you expand on it. Beating Jabor in thorough fashion, love in two. The number, you know, one of the highly seated players. She was somebody we all thought, is going to be a Grand Slam champion in the in the discussion for one of the best in the game within two to three years. And now I'm thinking that's too much of a long estimate. She's better than even I thought. We were heaping praise on her left and right. She seems like she's for real and she's here already. She is unbelievable. Uh, and I, I she's got this like stoicism to her. Like she's, I mean, she's a little bit, she can lash out a little bit. You know, she's 16. <laughs> that's understandable. You're allowed yeah. to do that, but yeah. She got a lot of cocoa to her and like that that vibe. There's a lot of cocoa golf there. Um and she's terrifying and the way she handled Ons and man, I, I feel for Ons. I want I want Ons to succeed. I just don't know if it's there anymore. Like there is a mental and I, I can't believe like the offseason didn't this is just weird to see her this flat and this and this off. I right right away. Yeah. But, 
she might not be able like i don't know she's going through a lot she might need a little bit of a break here there were two you know distinct storylines slash things you're hearing one being the wimbledon loss you know, until she wins a major if that never happens i mean that's something yeah. you don't get over this year what right. happened and what that took out of her the other thing is i don't think she's fully healthy i don't think she had the full proper off season you were talking about how ridiculously short the off season is they played yeah. in that absurd WTA finals in Guadalajara in like October and then you're already back at it already I don't think she fully healed and uh, her level was a bit down and we know it doesn't take much especially at this level and Dreva is someone that I expect to go in deep runs there's certain areas of her game that she needs to improve but youth on her side and what she can do she's one she of the has more a fun yeah. draw as well yeah like she's like she should she should destroy Perry then you get Krejcikova like her there mm-hmm. um Krejcikova can be tricky, you know, it would kind of be in a yeah. backstop situation there, but I think Andreeva's got it. And then that sets up a little Sabalenka situation. <laughs> you're in week two be. then, and then it's, you know, once you're in week two, anything can happen. So, yeah. It's... Can we get Sabalenka? Sabalenka and Andreeva would be cool. Like, I would, that's a that's a match you circle, you stay up, you ruin your next day for it. Absolutely. How, how yeah. would you put the Sabalenka, like, there's no one in women's tennis like her for a lot of reasons. The power is unmatched. She literally hits it as hard as the male players. It's mm-hmm. crazy. We know the temperament can be up and down. She's been the most consistent major player in the sense for how deep she's gotten, but she either wins it or, you know, in spectacular fashion loses it. But in Australia, Hubs, how do you see it going? Do you think the pressure might get to her because she's defending the title, or is this a place of comfort given that she's won the major and knows she can do it here? I lean more that once you get over that mountain, it's so much easier to climb back to the yeah. like so much easier to get back there. If she was still chasing a title, a slam, like Way different situation. I I think there's way less focus on her then. Like, yo, mm-hmm. if if she's still without a slam, that's a storyline that you're gonna see. You know, she could be warming up in the gym or whatever, and you're gonna see, is Sabalenka gonna win? And then that gets in your head. You don't mm-hmm. see that because she won. So like it, it's I don't I think that pressure's gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's obviously gonna benefit her big time. She's got an interesting match if she wins against Osterzenko uh, because Bedoza has taken this layoff and looks She's one of the more surprising players so far here. It's Paul Badoza. I, I did not expect her to come back from the injury and look this good. And obviously, Anna Mazova yeah. is so that's the big... next matchup. And Annie Samova Badoza in the next round, not expected. Both players that have taken time off, been open about their mental struggles. Both have been either, in Badoza's case, ranked really high number two in the world, or Annie Samova, a Roland Garros semifinalist. She's still only 22, which is just absurd to think about. So... Yeah, and, and hard hitters as well. I think Sabalenka's draw, though, the one thing I keep coming back to with her is that she seems to get through to that quarterfinal, semifinal round pretty handily. That's when the tests come, when she plays better players and can get to her game a little bit, but it's going to take a lot. It's either going to, like, is the only one that can out-hit her. Coco and Iga might be able to out-strategize her and be more versatile, but it's hard when you're not, when you, when you can't have that elite level one or the other. It's just hard to get to her. I wonder... Can we, Andreeva, maybe, mm. maybe be, well, did she, there's firepower wow. there. Yeah. And the way Anna Masova's hitting the ball, I don't know. Like, this is not a cakewalk for, like, Sabalenka had to look at this draw, and it, this is not supposed to be this this difficult to just even get to the, you know, quarters. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, I, I don't see her getting to the finals. Like, I think she's going to slip up in one of these. It's just, there's a lot, lot of talent going at her right now. Do you put Coco in that same category of someone that's done it and now the weight's a little bit off? Because I'll, I'll yeah, let, she, yeah. yeah, I would just she say hasn't looked. She hasn't looked great, to be honest with you. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a few slow starts, but 
she's she has reached the point now mm -hmm. where I think even if she gets broken early, like she like against an inferior opponent, she doesn't like she's like all right, I'll, I've done this before, I, I'm I'm good now. So um, yeah, I mean, winning the U.S. Open that changes her whole life mentally, you know, and and, and all that comes with it with the, the fortunes and the fame. But um, no, she she's reached the point now where deep runs should be automatic with her semi quarterfinals, semifinals, every single slam. I feel like you can talk me into saying, would you bet on Coco against? every top player except for one and i'd probably say yes but that's the thing like if she has to play Iga in the final we've seen how this goes nine out of ten times but yeah, even sabalenka rabakina pagula given what she's done and the growth she's shown and you know the serves looked a little better i think that there can be ways for her you know to i don't want to say comfortably but have the hammer in those rivalries but the Iga thing, and that's the beauty of tennis and styles making fights. Iga's got a problem of her own. Well, assuming she gets through this Collins match, she's in Ostapenko's section again. And Yelena just finds a way to just disrupt all of our future plans and brackets. She is. <laughs> I, there's no words to describe that woman. She's just no. ridiculous in everything she does. And yeah, she is She is kind of a sim similar situation of like Tommy Paula Carlos. Like, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot. Like, why? Like Tommy, I love Tommy, and you know he's, crack, he's knocking on the door of top ten status here. That that guy being Carlos's kryptonite is insane. But it's, it's like you said, Styles make the fights. Yeah, Tommy can cover the court as well as just about anyone. I think that's the thing that Carlos isn't used to. No one that can run down, make him hit that one extra shot, and human yeah. if get there. Yeah. With Elena, she <laughs> Ostapenko just redlines. Like it's hard yeah. to describe. No, she just blacks out. She doesn't remember the match. Can't even tell her what, what shot she has. I won. Okay, she's feuding cool, with the umpire. She's, she hates Hawkeye, all this stuff. You know, it's funny, too. She's playing tonight as we record this, Tamjanovic. And the last time they played in a major, <laughs> some sparks went down. So I wonder if, I don't know if it's too, I don't know if it's trappy necessarily because Tamjanovic's level hasn't been great, Hubs. But the fact is that the crowd's going to be against her. And <laughs> that could be something to monitor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, you're not wrong. Um, but with Ostapenko, like, has there ever been one normal Ostapenko match? Like, tune in to Ostapenko match. Like, oh, yeah, that was straightforward. No problem. That doesn't happen. For all the, for all the you know, comments, jokes, and I'm cracking them as much as you are, but this is the best she's looked since she won that French Open in 2017. So yeah. we're talking seven years. She's back into the top ten. and There's consistency for sure. That, yeah. that hasn't been there in a while. I've always just thought when we handicap this, obviously, Ego on the women's side has just, you know, been head and shoulders above, you know, on a consistency level. But Rabakina is someone that I thought some in some weird ways floated under the radar, only as the one slam finished four in the world. And I watched that match against Pliskova, and I noticed a player that also shows zero emotions, like the opposite of Ostapenko and Sabalenka. But she fights in there. And, you know, it's little things like keeping your head in it that can give her that chance. So I would say Rabakina, I don't want to say necessarily I'm picking her to win the tournament, but she is somebody that has elevated herself into that what I call WTA Big Four level. Oh yeah, you see Rabakina on the other side of you, you get nervous. Like, you know, like you, you are in for. You're gonna need to play your absolute best game. Um, the way she serves, like that, you can, you can be having a good return game, but if she's having her ser her normal serve, that yeah. doesn't matter. She's just gonna ace you. She's gonna win free points, and then she's eventually gonna break you because your serve is probably not as good enough. Uh, so yeah, she's an absolute danger and never someone you want to play. I, you know what? It's pretty open, man. Like, <laughs> it, like, and by open, I mean like there. are... You know, it's not just Iga and Saba, and I like that. Uh -huh. Like that is that is refreshing. And yeah. there's, and there's younger, you know, there's 
not so much no name players as well. Like, like I keep saying her name, but Andriva, like, and you know, Animaso would be crazy, obviously, to, to win it right now. But like, but like, Andriva is yeah. a no, like that is not an easy task whatsoever. You don't want to deal with that. And that's a, another thing is she's sixteen. Yeah, she's too naive to know the situations going on here. Like she's just playing the next person. She's not thinking about yeah. winning a slam. She's, she's like, I'm just gonna annihilate you. <laughs> like she's she she was they had her on the studio yesterday for the interview and she's just so like she's very short and obviously that you know she's young and she's nervous in that situation but man she, she's this there's like a cyborg to her that is <laughs> something you don't want to see when you're playing her so if i had to ask you across both tours hubs who wins a quarterfinal first or if ever pagula or rublev you know the o and eight streaks or whatever it is for both and you had to you know bet i don't say bet your life on it but make a sizable wager First, who well, wins? If it's Rublev, it's just, if Novak's <laughs> facing Rublev, and we don't like that's not something that, that's gonna go well. Yeah. This poor guy. Uh, I would say Pagula, because okay. I, I, I think women's tennis in general is just more of a crapshoot, like in like than than men's. Like I, I, I feel like yeah, I would say Pagula. I would because if I know who Rublev can't beat and who he can beat, like okay. I feel like on Pagula's best day, she can knock down anybody. I don't know if that's the case for Rublev. I think you. I think if Rublev is on his best, he still needs a top five player to really like to be, to be off a little bit. And I, I just think so. I want Rublev to win because he's like, I don't know. I, I don't like seeing Rublev sad. Rublev's sad face is depressing to see. You said I he was it. probably the most relatable person on tour, given how open he is about just how unbelievably frustrated this game makes him. Yeah. Oh my God! Anyone who hides their emotions in sports. Spare me. Like, I, I I love Tommy Paul, and I just said he doesn't get too high, too low. That ain't me. That's not normal people. We get mad. We throw shit. Like, we, we, yeah. we throw our arms in the air when someone hits an ace for the third time in a game. Like, I want to see that. So, Rublev has that. Yeah. And, you know, I relate to that. He looked pretty good against Chris Eubanks in that match, getting the break each set, winning in straight sets, 6-4 across the board, and, and looking uh, pretty reserved, too. Uh, he doesn't have to play Djokovic to win a quarterfinal match, but it would have to be Korda in the next match, followed by maybe Demonauer and Sinner. So that's, I don't want to say murderer's row, but that's that's earning your first quarterfinal win if it happens. Yeah, Korda yeah, yeah, and Demonauer, even though we already praised Demonauer, beatable, mm -hmm. like certainly by, by a Rublev, you know, who has the speed to handle that. But then you said Sinner. Mm -hmm. And then there's always, there's, <laughs> so that, don't know. He's looked, don't know. I mean, there's something with him where something's clicked. And I hate to say it like that because he was top 10 for a couple of years. But, right, there's a noticeable difference. It's not just beating Novak a couple of times, but he's put it together. He's winning efficient matches. He's raising his level. He's monitoring his body as well. Uh, something's clicked, and it's probably not one big thing. It's probably just over time he figured out exactly how to hit the right buttons and be what I would say probably the number two favorite in this tournament if we had to handicap it. I know he lost to him in Turin in you know when it mattered the most, but Sinner beating Novak in the round robin stage in that insane match mm -hmm. that like I remember watching on my phone walking home from work and didn't even see cars coming because I was so locked into that match on my phone. But like yeah. winning that match with the with the the crowd behind you, your your boys behind you, that's something that can unlock another level for Sinner. And that's kind of something he was he was waiting for it. And obviously he's beaten Carlos and it does seem, it, he seems to be when he plays Carlos, that is a complete coin flip. 
and almost I would even say a little. I'd even give like a sixty forty. He's edge got the edge. Center. Yeah, he's got yeah, the edge like right there's, now. There's there's a little kryptonite there with his game, and obviously his game is one of the best in the world. But winning that, um, winning that group stage match versus Djokovic was big time. It was. Uh, it was and, huge. And he seems to be carrying that over. It was huge. He's like, if he beats Djokovic at the semis, I know we're getting all the oh way down. God. If he beats Djokovic in the semis, I will pick him to beat, if it's Alcaraz or Medvedev, whoever. I think he is going to win a Grand Slam. That's the, you know. That, if, that it feels like the safest guy to win their first slam this year, right? Like, just, it's got to Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the other. It feels, it, yeah. it feels like it's time. Yeah. Come on, Gallagher. Oh, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, wrapping up here with Barstool Hubs on Tennis Channel Inside in 2024 Australian Open uh, taking off and taking flight into the second round still. A lot to discuss and digest. We've got Cam Norrie in a battle right now. Casper Ruud's fighting. And I about- faded Cam today, so I'm really hoping he doesn't pull off this five-set comeback that he's trying to do. <laughs> hey, still a lot going. Yeah, yeah, we know that's happened. Still a lot of matches to be played, but look at Alex Mickelson up on Uriel Hecka in the third. Split sets 1-1, one, one, so... Yeah, good for... Yeah, yeah. and yeah, uh, about to win the third set, it looks like here. A guy who I stared at before, and I thought the number was too big, but I like how he's played lately, is Klein against Severa. <laughs> right now, like, well, something's it's... going on in that match, but, you know, this is silly to talk about on a podcast because you guys all know the results <laughs> while we're hearing this, but if Klein wins, yeah. I'm going to be mad about myself because <laughs> I really wanted to take him to at least win a set, and I just forgot. There are there any other players we should get to? I have a few in mind I was going to jot down and discuss, but anybody else that's caught your eyes early, whether it's a top I'll player? I'll rattle or, off a yeah. few here. Um, disappointments, Shapo. Mm. I don't know what the hell's happened, um, but that guy just refuses, I feel like, to listen to his coach. Um, the Baratini injury stuff is very sad. I, I, it almost feels like we're nearing a retirement situation for him. I just don't think he can get his body right, and it's a shame because – when he's going right, he's one of the f- most fun grass court players there are because he just absolutely blasted by you and, you know, ace his way to it to a semifinal or final. Um, Murray feels like this is it, uh, retiring yeah. uh, the way he said, like, he doesn't think he – no, he didn't say that, but he said, like, he doesn't know if he's coming back to Australia. The way he said it feels like it's over, mm-hmm. which is sad because Murray in Australia made a lot of memories for for me. Like, that guy has a laundry list of that. Raonic, obviously – you know, same kind of deal as Berrettini. That kind of feels like it, despite the comeback. But we mentioned pretty much everyone else here. Um, Adino Pris- Prismic. That was, I don't know. I think yeah. that was cool, man. And Prismic I've never really seen Novak embrace someone like that. I feel like that's going to do wonders for his confidence. Um, and he did play great in that match. Like they were, And yeah. Novak's saying he sees a lot of himself. Like, Novak hasn't said the things. He hasn't said that kind of stuff to Carlos, I feel like, <laughs> that he said to Dino. <laughs> And maybe that's just because Carlos, you know, you don't want to give him too much ammo here, and he probably right. thinks that. But the way he was praising Dino and the way he he hugged him twice to the net, it was, mm-hmm. it was like, what's him? whoa, okay. It's- it took Alcaraz winning Wimbledon for Djokovic to really start heaping the yeah. praises. I think there might be something to the Balkan, Croatian, Serbian, like you know, brotherhood. Maybe 
why he's there. But it's true. I mean, the game was there, and you hope this kid who won Roland Garros Juniors last year keeps it going. The other name I had down here we haven't talked about because he fought and looked a little better last night as that match went on with Sitsipas. There's been so much made about his injury, his back, his serve. He went kind of back to the old serve, and he was in a dogfight against an Aussie, a guy in Jordan Thompson who'd beaten him before and gives him a match. But I was, I guess, pleasantly surprised that he was able to raise his level. I wasn't sure he had it in him given the current form he was in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, good, good for him to get the W. This doesn't last much longer. You don't think so, I, huh? Yeah. I, I don't think physically he's in a good spot. I feel like the change of the serve is to kind of prevent himself like and, and kind of save himself uh, from an injury. I could easily see him losing to Van Ash. Well, that's yeah, that was round. another one on there because Van Ash, what he's been doing, and you know Arthur Fees has been the talk of young French tennis. Van Ash is kind of remarkable to me because not the biggest guy, obviously, has insane cardio, outlasts these guys. The Musetti match, we were talking yesterday of matches to go see looking ahead before we knew. It was like day matches, court seven. Yeah, Musetti, Van Ash would be fun. And that turned into this five-set France versus Italy war that uh, kept going. And I think Van Ash could give Sitsipas a match. I also think Machach could give uh, Hatchinoff a match, who who had to battle against Kovacevic to win that match. But Hatchinoff's an ultimate fighter, but I don't know. I don't know if his – this time of the year is tough because what's the level like going into these matches where we know the heat's also a factor? Yeah, I actually thought uh, Kovacevic was going to give Hatchinoff a better – like, well, he did. I mean, he came out firing in that first set. Like, he he was hitting behind him. He was being aggressive. <laughs> his first serve was just not consistent enough. He did steal a set, uh, which was cool. But, yeah, uh, Hatchinoff is a little bit of – I don't know, in slams, hard courts – this this inconsistency to him there like that mm-hmm. I'm like okay he can make a little run here um, with Van Ash I actually felt I, I made the decision that I talked about earlier in the in the podcast of you know do I want to ruin my day or not fell asleep after the third set there I bet Van Ash waking up to a bagel in the fifth was pretty cool I'll say that that was so I, Van Ash has a little bit of a check mark next to him for me whenever I see him my light my eyes you know go up a little bit um, he I, he can definitely beat Stefanos with the way he looked. Wrap this up with the uh, other side of the draw, the heavy hitters there where you haven't really spent much time on. Carlos Alcaraz looking like he's in better form. Medvedev's played one match, lost the set, but rallied, got a retirement. You know, you could throw in Holger Runa, who's always an adventure out on the court. And then the other candidate I throw in there, he's playing some of the best tennis of his life, is Grigor Dimitrov, outlasting Fusevic in a very physical match. But that group of four on the bottom side of the draw, you probably got to think a finalist is coming out of there. So how do you see that going? I hope it's not Grigor, and it's not because I don't love him. But man, he uh, he just has zero chance to beat a Novak Djokovic. Like he just he just doesn't. Mm. I, I I he 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 sometimes lucks his way. I feel like into getting there. And credit to him for he's he's been doing this for years now, like a long, long way longer. Than I feel like I thought like the this level. Um, I just don't think he has anything to, that Novak would get worried about whatsoever. Um, I hope it's Carlos because I always hope it's Carlos. Uh, Medvedev, though, has played obviously well. He's got the track record to do it. Holger as well. And Holger is a guy who doesn't fear Djokovic one bit. So that's a guy that I feel like Novak wouldn't want to deal with whatsoever. Um, but with Holger, God, I always worry about him cramping. I just, just don't know how much his body can hold up. But it's been better lately, I feel like. Uh, but, I, you know, early on, I feel like it just wasn't. Um, but, I mean, I'm taking chalk on the men's side, I, I think. Um, I, I just I, Carlos, I don't huh? think. I don't go think, Carlos. I'm a Carlos guy. I'm a biased. I'm a biased Carlos man. I, I think I we could see Medvedev Joker again, just because, and not just because Medvedev beat Carlos in, in the U.S. Open, but it does seem like 
Medvedev's track record at Aussie is pretty good. He's had some Big brutal time. losses in the finals, but it's it's a tougher draw for Carlos than he would have hoped. Um, and I don't know. And that's, yeah. Holger would be an interesting final, too, if he puts it together. He's someone that I don't think, you know, has the consistency. But when the A-level game's going, he's as good as anyone not named Djokovic. Dude, I was at... <laughs> Um, Rune's first matchup with Djokovic at the U.S. Open when he was a nobody. Like, well, I'm not a nobody. Obviously, like, he was he was talked about, but, you know, he's playing Novak in the first round. He was nothing, and he he blew me away. Like, he, fit, he broke down physically in that match, but I, I remember being like, wow, that guy's something, and here we are. Like, he's really, really good. Now, you know, whether he can elevate his game to get to a, you know, slam final and, and beat Novak Djokovic, it's a whole different world. Um, and I don't hate your take about Medvedev whatsoever. And I just, I don't want to, there's only so many slam finals with Carlos and Novak left. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know how long, I just want as many as possible. Yeah. So sorry for being greedy and just rooting for that because anytime those guys are on, I know that people who don't watch tennis are going to wake up and watch that match. And I want that because I want the sport to grow. So, you know, shame on me for rooting for Carlos Novak. It's chalk. I get it. No problem. But that's where we that's the fireworks. Anytime anything that's not Novak Cross and we get really close to it and we're denied is a letdown. Just this. Nothing wrong with rooting for uh, the dream matchup, but the beauty of this sport is you never know. You just never know. You could see Ben Shelton crash the party, you could see Sinner break through, Medvedev and Olger. A lot of options. Uh Eric Hubs, Barstool Hubs, thank you for joining this show uh, yet again, breaking down the Australian Open. Best of luck with everything. Staying up all night if you so choose and your uh, Draper Paul action as well. But and Cam Nori too. Can't forget about, you know, rooting against him in this one. But always a pleasure talking tennis with you. Appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. See you soon. That was Barstool Hubs on Tennis Channel Inside In. This podcast is on all your podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music. Search Tennis Channel Inside In. It pops right up. And check out the Tennis Channel Podcast Network by going to tennis.com slash podcast. We have another show scheduled for this Monday. Double the shows, double the pleasure during the Australian Open. For Barstool Hubs, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was Tennis Channel Inside In. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the tennis. And I'll talk to you soon.